Hello and welcome to Hogan Lovell's Newsbeat, the podcast that keeps you up to speed with developments in the world of pensions over the last two weeks. I'm Claire Southern and I'll be taking you through a rather short and sweet session today. We'll be taking a look at draft legislation on the lifetime allowance, an update on the Virgin Media case, the latest developments on dashboards, some more rumblings from the House of Commons Work and Pensions Committee, and a quick look at the Pension Regulator and Pension Protection Fund's annual accounts and reports. So first up, HMRC and Treasury have published draft legislation on abolishing the lifetime allowance and amending the way that lump sums are taxed. Now, you may recall that there was much excitement a few months ago when it was announced that the lifetime allowance, which limits the overall amount of tax-free saving in a scheme, will be abolished from 6th of April 2024. We've now had a policy paper, draft legislation and explanatory notes that fills out the detail of the original announcement. So what do we know? Well, we know that whoever drafted it enjoys a bit of complexity, but there are two key takeaways you need to be aware of. The first is that as drafted, the legislation will allow members to take almost all of their DB pension as a single pension commencement lump sum, but with tax payable on the excess over the current tax-free level. Now, it's not at all clear if this change was intentional or if it's simply a slip of the pen. If it is intentional, the changes represent a massive policy shift, comparable to the 2015 freedom and choice changes for money purchase benefits. It also represents the potential for a resurgence in opportunities for pension scammers. Given this and the potential impacts on investment strategy, schemes may want to think about checking they have a rule that limits members' pension commencement lump sums to current levels. The second takeaway is the introduction of new allowances. A lump sum allowance of £268,275 and a lump sum death benefit allowance of £1,073,100. Now, these new allowances are going to be a bit of an admin headache because some of the lump sums which count don't currently have to be reported to HMRC and don't trigger a benefit crystallisation event. In addition, a scheme won't usually know how much, if any, tax-free lump sums a member has previously received. So administrators will have to rely on members for this information, which is likely to be a bit hit and miss. Next up, I reported a couple of weeks ago that we had a decision from the courts on the Virgin Media case. The court had ruled that some amendments to schemes contracted out of the state scheme were void were not accompanied by an appropriate actuarial certificate. Well, we've had confirmation that the case will be appealed with a decision due at the end of the year or early next year. Now, let's move on to Pensions Dashboard, the project aiming to allow different individuals to see all of their pension information from all of their schemes in one place. You may remember from an earlier session that Laura Trott, our Pensions Minister, had announced there would be a single connection date of Halloween 2026 for all schemes rather than staged deadlines. We now have amending regulations that formalise this. However, alongside this, we have had updated pension regulator guidance, emphasising that schemes will be expected to connect it to staging timeline set out in guidance or explain why they failed to do so. We've also heard that the eager beavers on the House of Commons Work and Pensions Committee have launched an inquiry into the collapse of the Norton Motorcycles Pension Scheme. 
Now, the Norton scheme is a fairly clear example of how not to run a pension scheme. Stuart Garner, the sole director of the employer and sole trustee of the scheme, was given a suspended sentence in 2022 for illegally investing the pension scheme's money in his business. The Work and Pensions Committee planned to look at the pension regulator's approach to preventing dishonesty and fraud and the process for applying for compensation from the Fraud Compensation Fund. Last up, the Pensions Regulator and the Pension Protection Fund have issued their annual reports and accounts. The Pension Protections Fund is fairly easy reading, with the most interesting point being that their funding ratio has grown to 156%. Now, the Pension Regulators is a bit more juicy, with an acknowledgement that it has achieved only 16 of its 23 key performance indicators. As Meatloaf would say, though, I guess two out of three ain't bad. So finally, a big thank you for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed the slightly slower summer session. Check us out on Twitter if you want to know more, and I'll be back in two weeks with my next roundup. 